grace and peace to you. Hello, it's good to see you. Friends, what's your go-to safe place? Where do you hide the things that you don't want your parents to find? Or maybe where did you hide the things you didn't want your parents to find? Was it under the bed? At the back of a cupboard? Did you have a loose floorboard? Or a tin hidden in a tree stump? Having a safe place to hide contraband, sweets and secrets is important. It's also important to have safe places to hide things that have monetary, sentimental or nutritional value. We ascribe value to all sorts of different things, and it's important to keep them all safe. In the Bible, things that sometimes keep things safe, the item's called an ark. We have the ark that Noah used, the strange chest-shaped boat to keep animals and humanity safe in the flood. But we also have the ark of the covenant, or the ark of God, as it is found in today's reading. The Ark of God isn't really described in this reading, but think of it as a large and ornate box with long handles, gold-plated, with statues of seraphim on the top. The contents of the box are a mystery, but it's possible that they, it contained the tablets into which the Ten Commandments were inscribed, or it contained Aaron's rod, or even pieces of manna from when the Israelites were fed with manna and quail in the wilderness. Whatever it was, it was a safe place to hold something very important. It wasn't a safe place used to hide things from parents, or even enemies of King David and his people. It was a safe place that was a living symbol of God, and the localised presence of God in that place. So let's hear the reading now. David again brought together all the young men of Israel, 30,000. And he and his men went to Bala in Judah to bring up from there the Ark of God, which they called by the name, the name of the Lord Almighty, who's enthroned between the cherubim on the ark. They set the Ark of God on a new cart and brought it to the house of Abinadad, which was up on the hill. Uzzah and Ahio, sons of Abinadab, were guiding the new cart, with the Ark of God on it, and Ahio was walking in front of them. David and all Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord with castanets, harps, lyres, timbrels, sistrums and cymbals. Now David was told, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and everything he has because of the ark of the Lord. So David went to bring up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf, wearing a linen ephod. David was dancing before the Lord with all his might, and while he and all Israel were bringing the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpets. As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michal, daughter of Saul, watched from a window, and when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. 
They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before the Lord. After he had finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord Almighty. Then he gave a loaf of bread, a cake of dates and a cake of raisins to each person in the whole crowd of Israelites, both men and women, and all the people went to their homes. The Ark of God was brought to David's city, to Jerusalem, and David and all Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord with castanets, harps, lyres, timbrels, sistrums and cymbals. And as they carried the ark and moved it to the special tent that David had pitched for it, religious acts were performed and celebrated. A bull was sacrificed and special religious clothes were worn and the people shared in a feast, all because the localised presence of God was with them in the form of the ark of God. The localised presence of God was with them, the ark, the safe box that held all that was important and valuable, the living symbol that through its proximity and importance, they celebrated and encountered God. Friends, what are the things that are important to you as you encounter God? What or where do you find the localised presence of God? It isn't easy. We could start within our Presbyterian tradition, and say that God is encountered in the Bible read and explained in preaching. However, we all know that maybe we have something else. You might have a particular hymn or prayer that you say. You might have a pocket cross or a place that you go. You might even have a person whom you know that when you are with them, you feel God's presence. And all these ways, all these symbols and more, they're all right. However and wherever we encounter God is where God is, because God is both here and everywhere else. However, when we use these symbols to exclude others, when we use symbols to suggest that God favours you more than your neighbour, then the point has been missed. If you think about the Charles Rennie Macintosh communion table we have in the church, does the fact it's a historically important and fancy table make the sacramental encounter with God more engaging than if it was celebrated on an upturned box in the park? Does the location or history of the building, does the architecture of the building cause your praise to increase? And is that about God or is that about you? Does that include others or does it exclude them? What about the language we use? What about the music that we choose? What about the style or shape of the building that we worship in? What about the way that I dress? What about robed choirs? What about alcoholic or non-alcoholic communion wine? In fact, what about how high the minister lifts the cup during one of the prayers in the communion service? These are all things that have caused arguments and splits in churches. All of these things were seen as representing the presence of God, or their absence, the absence of God, 
or the other way around. Taking the way that we worship, taking the practical and cultural aspects of worship and using them to exclude is a problem. The use of objects and artefacts to exclude goes against this ark of God, the presence of God. To use the ways of doing and behaving to control access to God makes once living symbols of God into historical relics that alienate. They've lost their importance and become something to argue over. King David and all the Israelites praised the Lord because they encountered God through the very real and tangible presence of God that to them was represented through the ark of God. And for us, that's something different. It's in our words and songs and silence. That's where we can encounter God. However, in our words and songs and silence, we can alienate people too. So as we come to church, as we live a life of faith and of doubt, let us join with David and all Israel. Let us make open to all in Bridge of Allen, online and beyond, the presence of God. So we celebrate with castanets, harps, lyres, timbrels, dindrums and cymbals. Let us together praise the Lord.